You are listening to Claret and Blue, an Aston Villa podcast brought to you by Birmingham Live. Hello, welcome back to the Claret and Blue podcast. I'm back from my holiday and I feel very underprepared for these podcasts. It feels like a while since I've got in front of the microphone. I'm joined today by James Rushton. James, how are you, mate? All good, man. Um, buzzing from the, the big news, um, Sergio Ramos is looking for a new club. I think we ain't got anything else to speak about. I have Euros as well. <laughs> Yeah, let's get Sergio Ramos back while we're at it. Uh, of course, we're here today to talk about Ashley Young. As it stands, as we're recording this podcast on Thursday lunchtime, he's not officially signed, but our colleagues at the Mirror and all the latest news is that it's pretty much a done deal as it stands. And Ashley Young will be rejoining the club after leaving for Man United on the 23rd of June 2011, so almost exactly 10 years to the day um, since Ashley Young went to Man United. First of all, what was your memories of, of Ashley Young as a footballer back then? For me, he was one of the, the first heroes I had as, as going to, to Villa as a season ticket holder um, during the Martin O'Neill era. And I don't remember being that angry at him for going to Man United. Out of all the players that were leaving us at that time, it made sense that Villa were getting a half-decent deal as his contract was running out, I think, if my memory serves me correctly, from 10 years ago. And it was like, well, it's Man United, to be fair. Off you go to win trophies. Yeah, I mean, it feels like he stayed on like a year longer. Yeah. Like for Villa, so look, I think the departure hurts people because it was like Villa were on that ascent, and then they weren't. Um, at I don't the time, him being booed and stuff when we played him again. To be honest, the, the only big one I remember is uh, Fabian Dalf because that was the and whole Downing stadium. Yeah, giving him some um, Downing. I, I just can't kind of blank that period of history out of my mind because it's just like Milner, Downing, Barry uh, Young just gone, like in yeah. consecutive seasons. It was uh, hard to take, but I think as fans, we were kind of. When that band, like the plaster, was ripped off, it the the pain, you know, the pain wasn't the same. It was once that first big move had happened from that core, it hurt, but not to the same extent. When you know the, the Man City kind of popped up at the same time, and then your, your stars are going to you, you know, United and Liverpool. Look, uh, you know, I think there was a, a core of Villa fans that were really when this move kind of was rumored that they just wrote it off and going, you know, it's paper talk, whatever. But I think a lot of that was because there's still like a you know a hurt from the Ashley Young in, in perhaps an older generation, rather than the younger generation probably had to bite that bullet and realise that their their villa dream had to wait a decade, like mm-hmm. our generation. So yeah, uh, I mean, there's still a little bit of bitterness, but you know th- these things happen in football. We've <laughs> been victim of it time yeah. and time and time again. You know, it's good that there's a chat. He can end that chapter in a in a different way, he gets to have that era now, that last that last hurrah at Villa, which is brilliant for everyone, really. Yeah, and if it's getting Villa back into the top six again, it'll be a nice little end to his career as well. There was talk of maybe a, a reunion with Watford and going back to where he started his career and obviously where he joined Villa from. Uh, there was talks with Burnley as well. We'll talk about Burnley a little bit towards the end of this with Chris Wood. Um, but it's Villa that he's coming back to. I mean, it's, it feels weird to talk about it in official terms when it's not like I've not seen him holding a shirt yet. So I feel like we're, we're, as we're recording this, it could be one of those ones that we never see because he doesn't actually join and we're just chatting absolute rubbish here. But let's say it's all done and all official and we're, we're talking into the future that it's it's already done. Where does he fit in at Villa? He's 36 by the time the season starts. He's played 26 times for, for Inter Milan last year and they've won the title. So part of me looks at that and goes, oh, that's a great acquisition and a guy with lots and lots of experience and, and obvious quality. And it's not like he's he's not played or he's had injury problems and stuff like that. Um, but it's an ageing player. We've lost Al Mohamedi, we've lost Neil Taylor. So you think it comes in and, and offers that, that experience head that we've lost. 
But then the other side of me thinks, well, if he's got a bit of quality about him still, then maybe he's got a, a bit to offer in the Premier League as well. Well, he's, have, he's having an influence at big clubs. Um, for instance, last season, he started 16 games. He played 26 in the league in total, you know, a league that he won. <laughs> he played 26 games, 16 of starts. That's about as much as Amar Al-Ghazi played just, you know, last season. In the um, season before the split season he had between United, you know, a big club and Inter Milan, a uh, big club. He played as much games as Grealish did last season, so he's still having an impact and an influence for big teams. You know, the, t- the teams that Villa are looking at, um, the teams that Villa want to model themselves on, the, the, the kind of area that Villa want to be in the next few years, they've got a player who has had an influence for them, a player, you know, that's obviously very well known to us. We know what Ashley Young can do. Yeah. Where he fits in, it's really interesting because he's... I, you know, what I'd describe as a hyper-attacking fullback, even at, at 36. You know, he's where Matt Target is kind of an aggressive defender and he still has that kind of attacking influence. Ashley Young's almost like the opposite. He may as well still be a winger. He's still just kind of pinning himself up the pitch, being a bit of a threat on the counter, having a lot of influence in the attacking areas. So it's almost like a different taste of a fullback for Villa. It's like a different option. Of course, he can cover on the other side. And, you know, worst case scenario, touch wood if Grealish goes down injured again, like he has done the last, what is it now, three or four seasons, there's been an injury to keep him out for a substantial part of the season. God forbid it's not the worst thing in the world that Ashley Young's filling in on the, on the left wing for him, is it? It's, uh, there's a lot of roles he can play at Villa, which, you, you know, it's intriguing. It's like a bit of pre-season intrigue as to where this experienced influence can, can fit in in a, a team that wants to grow. You look at Elmo and Neil Taylor leaving and they're the, the old heads that sit around on the bench. So they've, they've left now. So he kind of replaces them. He's older than both, I think, um, but and probably more expensive as well. But he's better than both, isn't he? Oh, yeah. We've, you know, no offence to Neil Taylor and Al Mohamedi. Al Mohamedi was still having an influence. I know yeah. Taylor couldn't get, in, get into the squad because of how good target was. And, you know, the, the professionalism he showed throughout that last season in playing every, I think it was every single game that Matty Target played, if not every minute. But, you, you know, you've got to have those options. And Ashley Young, no offence to them too, is a better option. He won a title last season. I know he is old, but the people really cr- critiquing his age are older than him. He, he could still beat him in a foot race. And I know he's not beating, you know, Barry from Great Bar uh, in a foot race outside the Cat and Fiddle. But, you know, he's actually playing against professional footballers, but he's still got something to prove. And this move to Villa shows it. It shows his ambition. It shows that he, you know, if he comes in, there's probably a rotation option. If there is a, a bizarre scenario where he's a better left back than Matt Target, I don't think that will happen. But that's a win. Is is that not a net win? Yeah. Matt Target was brilliant. He's knocking on the door for the England team. The 2022 World Cup is on the horizon as a massive carrot for him. If Ashley Young's there and he becomes that better left-back option, Villa have only won there. And I know people, you want your young players knocking through, but there's also a section of this fan base that wants to see that win now, improve at all costs, get there, because that's what we saw so many complaints last season. If Villa have suddenly found a left-back that's better than the one they've got, or as a, a brilliant left-back option that improves on the depth we had last season, massive win in my eyes, Dan. Scanning social media, it seems to be... A- Pretty overwhelming majority of people are in favour of this move, and I'm interested to see what the comments of people watching this podcast think. So, to do get involved in the YouTube comments down below and let us know your thoughts on, on the young deal. I think some people will look at it and go, oh, 36 high wages, that doesn't fit the profile of what Villa seemed to be going for in the last couple of years. What, why are Villa going for this move? And maybe the other side are, are looking at a, a guy that can offer something more so than Taylor and Elmer, El Mohammedi could. But we almost kind of clouded by nostalgia a little bit here because we're 
it's it's Ashley Young. He's he's a hero to a lot of to a lot of fans. I put these shirts up behind me for recording these. The FX Pro one is the only home one I could find that was clean enough to put up there. And the Acorns one, he scored that winner against Everton in that everyone will remember. And the Acorns just come off in the wash, so I need to get that sorted at some point. Um, but it's it, it's happy memories of Ashley Young. It feels like I saw someone describe it as like a warm, cozy transfer of him coming coming home and and being a you know adored by the Villa Park crowd and all that kind of thing. But if he's a high, highly paid player that's not going to do a fat lot for Villa and be here for one season, maybe, does that make business sense for Villa? I think people don't take into account the wages of, uh, as well as a, uh, a transfer fee for some players. Because if you sign a player, I don't think Ashley Young's going to be on 200 grand a week, but what does that work out to about? probably just over £10 million a year in wages. So if you bought a left-back for £10 million and he was on a two-year contract to be that experienced head like Ashley Young and he was on the same wages, you know, that's an enormous amount of money compared to Ashley Young. Ashley Young isn't going to get paid £200 a year on wages. He's going to probably pay a significant... Yeah, yeah. £200 a week. Um, he, you know, that that fee worked out in Aston Villa's books. It, it's not going to be that big of a hit, and he's not going to be on that money. He's going to be on a lot, you know, a lower fee. He's not going to be on the wages he could could have probably demanded at his peak in this uh, this crazy, crazy mm. climate. Which he probably wishes he had a time machine. He'd be really, uh, <laughs> really earning some money then. But no, like in in all honesty, I really don't think it's going to be that much of an impact. And I get why the concerns there because he blocks young talent coming through. He's a potential threat to Matt Target. We don't know, you know, his impact on that position. I really don't think Matt Target is going to be, you know, replaced anytime soon after that fantastic season. But, you know, you, you're not bringing some bloke in. You're bringing Ashley Young and he's, he's made a name for himself at the highest levels of the game after leaving uh, leaving Aston Villa. So, look, the fee, the the cash you're paying there is, there is always going to be a worry of massive wages. But Villa aren't probably going to give him a five-year deal and be stuck at the end. It's probably going to be one with an option for another, or, it, you know, at worst case scenario two, where he sees out his career at Villa, if he doesn't want to continue anywhere else. Um, so I don't see the worry there. It's, you know, it's I, at the end of the day, it's not my money. Villa are loaded yeah, and they're smart, you know. Um, as for, I know I'm going on a bit of a uh, spiel here, but as for fitting Villa's philosophy, who are we to say that it doesn't? You know what I mean? Because... Last season, we signed Pepe Reina and Danny Drinkwater. This season, we signed Ross Barkley. Um, season before, Yannick Balassi. The season before that, John Terry. Villa have made a transfer like this every single season. Yeah, yeah not many of those worked out, though. <laughs> no, they didn't, they didn't. But those players came in mainly to start and mainly to fix something in the club. Yeah. Ashley Young comes in as probably not the starter. Not immediately, anyway. He comes in as someone who can be that transition from Villa being decent to Villa being really good hopefully he can be there when we're back at the top if 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 that plan comes to fruition but you look at the situation with Burnley and the situation with Buendia and Villa ain't knocking around on the rumour pages seeing who their rivals want and then taking them but it's a significant degree where they're thinking about opportunity cost here do you let Ashley Young go to a team that beat you once last season potentially let him beat you twice get results and be a be a challenge for you next season it's like Brendia do you let him go to Arsenal and be an improvement to their team or do you get in and make your case hmm. the option's clear don't let Ashley Young go to Burnley where you potentially score against you next season when he can be a fit in your team 
don't let Buendia go to Arsenal, where he can damage your success next season. He can be a fit in your team. Look, these players will work for Aston Villa. Uh, the ones you just listed there, I suppose he's most similar to John Terry, isn't he? And hopefully as successful as John Terry was, more so than, than a Danny Drinkwater. Uh, he's not won trophies to the same extent that John Terry did, but he won titles at Man United. He's won the title with Inter Milan as well. It's, it's just what he brings in experience and mentality that he's a, he's a, he's a winner value to Villa more so than what he offers on the pitch. Like he's an experienced head, Villa don't have any experienced heads. You know, what I've been most impressed by is how well they've done. I think what was the youngest average age on a pitch, that's going to go up exponentially when uh, Ashley Young plays for Villa next season. But I didn't have that experience and they didn't have the creative options without Jack Grealish. They barely had the leadership without Jack Grealish. He suddenly fell on Tyra Mings to, you know, manage the club on the pitch when um, Jack Grealish wasn't there. God forbid that, you know, he goes down again. Villa have the option now where they've got someone who has performed for the club in the past, someone who was performing at a high level last season, mm. someone who can not save the club if they lose their best player to injury or whatever, someone who can just kind of ride that that wave until they return which is what Villa really, really needed in this transfer window. Yeah, just scanning his honours list, he won the Premier League of Man United, the FA Cup, the League Cup, the Community Shield and the Europa League uh, Serie A with Inter Milan and the Europa League runner-up in uh, 19-20 as well. So he's been around a bit, got, got a couple of trophies and a couple of medals to his name and comes back to Villa and hopefully he's a, he's a nice success for sort to watch next season as well and a bit of a set, pre- set piece threat. That we've, that we've lost as well. Okay. Talk about James, James Ward-Prowse a few weeks ago. Forget that. Just get Ashley Young back in and bring him on to score free kicks instead. Yeah, absolutely. I think the, what I remember the most from him is, is that goal against Blackburn. Not I know the Everton one is really special. But mm. The free kick he took in against Blackburn, everything about it said this is going in. And I've never been able to say that about a Villa player since. You know, we've had Conor Harahan, one of a, a great free kick taker. But with Ashley Young, that specific free kick, the confidence kind of flowing from him on the pitch on his best day. Villa haven't had much of that bar Jack Grealish. So if you know if you can even replicate 10% of that, onto a good thing, mate. Emil Smith-Rowe, talk to me about him because this went crazy on social media on Wednesday and that Villa had a £25 million bid rejected by Arsenal. Um, the players in contract talks or, or expected to sign a contract with Arsenal but hasn't hasn't got anywhere yet. The Villa go in and pop a cheeky bid and I'll look at that and just go, oh, it's banter from Villa because <laughs> all the Villa Grealish stuff and, uh, with Arsenal. Smith Rowe, I don't know what I'd say, he's one of Arsenal's best players but he's clearly a talent at a young age and one, they're not going to want to sell to anybody let alone Villa are trying to get back into Europe and especially not for 25 million. So what, where's this where's this deal come from? Uh, you'd fit in at Villa, and I'd, I'd absolutely take him, but he's going to cost a lot more than that. Arsenal aren't going to want to sell, and this kind of feels like one of those ones that in a few days' time it'll be that Arsenal are plastering it all over social media that he's signed a new deal. But Villa and clubs in football don't just go and drop bids for banter reasons. So <laughs> what's going on here? Yeah, I think there's there's just a lot of talk you see on a football Twitter about smoke screens. Like mm. a football club is... Look, it happens, but... I don't think Aston Villa will ruin their relationship with clubs, agent and players by just pretending to whack a few bids in. <laughs> Look, he's he's had a contract situation at Arsenal. Our colleague um, Chris Wheatley says it's like nowhere near being done. So people go, oh, it's agent talks to get him a deal. I think Arsenal are very aware of the situation they've got in a, with a player, if, if, regardless of if it's in the papers or not. Um, Villa have seen that and they've seen a player like they want. Their ambition is like extremely, extremely clear. They're not making these bids for no reasons. And yeah, 
it is a pretty low bid, 25 million for for a player who kind of seems to emulate that Jack Grealish style. He's, you know, Arsenal's ideally for Arsenal, their next big thing. Would you have sold Jack yeah. Grealish at the same point for 25 million? You wouldn't. You'd have laughed it off and went, where's 40? At the time, we were getting 3 million and uh, Josh Onoma. So we know all about offensive bids. At least 25 million is somewhat respectable. But in all honesty, I don't see it happening. I think the most likely scenario is he signs that contract to stay at Arsenal. He's a local lad, you know. He Arsenal are the Arsenal are on their knees a bit in this transfer window, but I don't think they're at the state where they're suddenly collapsing. They seem mm. to what we want to be engineering some kind of serious transfer business. They're putting bids for a Ben White. There's interest in James Madison. They're just on their knees a bit because a club like Villa wants to replace them <laughs> entirely and uh, take nibbles at them. And this bid, if for one thing only, it shows Villa's ambition. It shows yeah. that they're they're looking. And I know a player's slightly unsettled, you know, just because of the contract situation not being sorted out. They've put a bid in going, if you're not willing, we're willing, which is miles away from where we've been the uh, yeah. last few seasons, mate. It all sounds very positive, um, whether these moves you know, happen or not. It's, it, Villa seem like they're acting like a big club and doing things in the right way. And in comparison to Arsenal, who looking in a little bit of a mess, um, it's nice to see Villa doing things properly for once in I also like Villa getting their business done early. I've never been a fan. Can you hear that? <laughs> that was um, Mikel Arteta coming to take you off. <laughs> yeah, I've, ne- I've never been a fan of, of doing business last minute and transfer deadline day madness and, and throwing in panic bids for players and all this kind of thing that you see other clubs do. And we've seen Villa doing the pass signing players late. And I know it happens and works out occasionally, but it just feels desperate. Or you've, you've started a season and played a couple of games and you're still bringing people in and players don't have pre-seasons because they've, having contract talks and all this kind of stuff and I just don't like that I like what we've done so far with Buendia seem to be doing with with, with Ashley Young and, and others as well and getting them in early and getting them a pre-season and getting them settled at Villa ready for the season to start and I know it's all different this year with the Euro still going on and that always affects players transfers and they have later holidays and all the rest of it so I don't want to be messing around making transfers on August 1st and August 31st I want Villa to be doing business at the start of June and, and that's what they're doing and that's what I feel like a big club does You know what we've come to learn from Villa is that they're so kind of weighed down by sometimes a sense of self-importance, sometimes a sense of their plan must work, you know, at all costs. And, you know, there's there's no divergence to that plan. Whereas this summer, we've seen, like, them being very laid back and that creates almost this opposite effect where they get this stuff done because the opportunities arise. I've just been... The Buendia stuff speaks out as a club that kind of took almost a backseat saw the opportunity and just went full speed for that in a brief window of time for that that opportunity and almost like the James Ward Price stuff and the ML Smith row. It's like these players have clearly been on their radar. It's not like they've just suddenly went, oh right, we need to get Smith Row, Ashley Young, bloody how we were you know, we're out of touch. It's like they've just seen the opportunities kind of pop up and went, you know what? That that guy's on our radar anyway. We've got a fit for him. It works. Let's see what happens and see if we can't make something of it. And when Ashley Young comes through, that's two out of two, essentially, that, yeah. that have worked in this manner. So it's not like Villa are taking hands off. It's just they're very open to the, the market in front of them and reacting to it rather than trying to be that force making a name in the market. They're, they're reacting to these situations that occur, which I think it reflects the owners 
and the way, especially Wes Eden, the way they've carried out business, their sports business in the past. It makes perfect sense for these two big names in business to be reacting rather than making those waves. Just to give me a quick uh, line on Chris Wood as well. I was talking with the Burnley striker costing upwards of 25 million. This is one of those ones that probably isn't a sexy sign in it. I look at it as a, you know, with very little analysis and just go, oh, don't really fancy Chris Wood. It's not the kind of player, and I don't think he fits Villa's style of play. Um, I also don't imagine this a deal that happens either. I just don't. I just don't see. I don't see Villa going spending that amount on that player. Um, but just give me your thoughts on him as well, and whether I'm absolutely massively wrong there. I think it's almost like um, Villa wants to get that aerial threat, and I. I don't see why Ollie Watkins isn't that. He's a really good all-round. It's, it's kind of similar to the Tammy Abraham stuff. And if he's going to go for a, a quite crazy amount of money, Chris Wood, it would be cheaper than Tammy Abraham. But, you know, it, it's, it's a situation like Villa where Chris Wood's your best player. Are you going to let him go for 15, 20 million? Probably not. You're going to want him to go for more. So if Villa do want Chris Wood, it's going to cost him a lot of money. And I don't see... Yeah, I think people were annoyed with the Ash Young thing because of the money it costs on paper. It's only wages, not a transfer fee. Chris Wood, wages and a transfer fee to replace a position that Ollie Watkins has got locked down, in mm. all honesty. And Keenan Davis and Wesley can still have those smaller impacts. They probably do need a striker just to take the pressure off Watkins. I still see him playing 38 games next season, um, regardless. And the wings are kind of getting full up now, so we can't just shove him out to the wing. He's going to be the main guy. Chris Wood will also want to be the main guy. I see Villa looking younger in this position, to be honest. Ashley Young. <laughs> That's awful. I don't know why I did that. I should probably call it a day there if I do or say something else stupid. Although I've probably said just do things like this whole podcast. Uh, we've got an episode with Tommy Johnson coming out on Saturday lunchtime. That'll be out on this channel at midday on Saturday the 19th, is that? So, yeah, Saturday 19th, Tommy Johnson. We've got about 45 minutes to an hour with him. Uh, we spoke to him this week. Some really good, funny stories in there. James, thanks very, very much for jumping on this quick podcast about Ashley Young. Delighted to see him back officially hopefully within the next day or two um, but it does sound like it's pretty much all wrapped up anyway um, yeah we'll be back again as and when things happen as I said Tommy Johnson will be with us on Saturday afternoon we'll probably be back at the start of next week to discuss whatever the latest is then um, thank you very much for watching get involved in the comments as I said earlier in this episode leave us always reviews all the rest of it James thank you very much and we'll catch you again soon thank you for listening to Claret and Blue and Aston Villa podcast if you enjoyed today's episode then please do let us know we love hearing your feedback we'll be back soon with another episode but until then up the villa we'll be right back. 